listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts. Here to record our recommendations. Our casual thoughts. Our, 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 our lighter, less, less intense thoughts about, yeah. about some stuff, you know? Well, here's, here's the thing. So last week, right? And we hate it really, pretty hard. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the thing. We talked about WandaVision, and I feel like a lot of, you know, we've talked about comic book movies a lot on this podcast. A lot of times in the context of, of me hating, and sometimes Micah also hating. And Yeah, I said we, but you were, you were, you were. Uh, yeah, I was hating on was, TV as a medium. You were hating kinda, with, yeah. with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. You were hating on an entire medium of entertainment. But anyway, yeah. let's, let's, let's just keep going. Yeah. yeah, it's just, but here's the thing. Micah, this is our podcast, and as much as hating is a mode that both of us, you know, negativity, we both thrive on negativity, this is also a space where we have the luxury, right, to talk about the stuff that we do like, that we do enjoy, um, whether that stuff is the dominant entertainment of the particular week in which we're recording a podcast, or if it's just something that we're playing sort of offbeat or watching offbeat or reading offbeat. And, you know, on top of that, we get a lot of listener emails. Thank you for the emails. Keep sending them. Sound only pod at gmail.com. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the listener email we get is people telling us sort of what they're watching, reading and playing, asking us about what we're watching, reading and playing. So we should just talk about what we're watching, reading and playing. You know what I mean? Like, let's just talk about it. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Let's just be low key you know, this episode, you know? So we just it's it's simple, baby. We just gonna this we're gonna talk about what we're watching, reading and playing, and you know, we're not gonna make a big deal about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know. Um I mean obviously we were watching so for instance, we were watching WandaVision, but the other thing I had been watching is Halt and Catch Fire. Uh mm. which obviously that show, I mean, that show is finished now. Uh it started how many seasons was it? It's like five seasons. I five, think, five yeah. seasons. It was like originally I'm on, three. on AMC, I'm on, right? Like, that just yeah. kind of whizzed it's by four. me. It's four. It's four seasons. Oh, it's four seasons. Yeah. Uh, like, But that's like with Mackenzie Davis and uh, Lee Pace, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Halt and Catch Fire, you know, 1980s, 1990s, the birth of personal computing, birth of the internet birth of gaming like the show you know the, the show follows like core cast of four characters who 
obviously a lot of dramatic flourish, but they seem to be tangential to every single innovation in personal computing of the past, you know, the past like 40 years. Um, <laughs> and, but it's like, I don't know, that show is very, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, it's just, it's like a show where you're watching white people really grind. <laughs> you know, it's like white people. It's like the most white people rise and grind mentality. I think is that like the the vibe of it seems to be. You remember those? You remember those like so those good. Norton antivirus commercials where they were just like, let's get like kind of sleek and like you know make it. Like that first Apple commercial where the guy came and broke the screen with the sledgehammer, but yeah. it was like let's let's turn it inside out. So there was a guy like bouncing a ball, being like, "Right now, I'm hacking into your computer and stealing all your money and personal information," and it's like a ball bouncing throughout the entire commercial. <laughs> but all the people are like have buzzed haircuts and like are wearing moth-eaten sweaters, and that's the vibe of Halt and Catch Fire to me, an outsider. A person who has never watched the show and only seen like the trailers on like in between, like on the halftime of like basketball games and shit. Yeah, it's it's a really good character drama. It's just that like um, Lee Pace's character, Joe, he has he is like the white version of people tweeting about what you would do if you had an hour long lunch with Jay-Z. Right. Like, how, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like. Do you have the business savvy to <laughs> to rise and grind? And you know what I mean. There's something about the hustle of that show and how messed up all these characters are and treacherous they are. All over, you know, developing a really rudimentary like first person shooter video game in 1993, <laughs> right? Like it's. It's beautiful. I just think the character dynamics of Haunt and Catch Fire are beautiful. I remember years ago, I think Emily Yoshida is actually the first person I'd really heard about that show from. And then recently I brought it up to Allison Herman and she highly recommended it. So I was like, all right, I'll get into this. Um, and so, yes, yeah, that's, that's what I started. That's what I was watching immediately before I started watching WandaVision. <laughs> How about you? Um, well, uh, if you will, you know, direct your attention to the record.com. I wrote about Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen uh, last week, finally. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's such a, that show is such a good hang. It's like, it's such a delight. It's such a, it's a very, like I, like I said in the piece, like a, it, it is a very focused execution of like all the genre tropes of like, Shonen, yeah. Like, explain anime. the try. Explain, explain it. Explain it. So, like shonen, like shonen manga is like a type of comic uh, that I mean, like it's sort of like a situation where you know Kleenex is now what you call it, like a tissue. Like shonen manga is like comics for teens, like a or you know young men aged eight to. 18 i don't know every time you read about it the the the, the ages are different but young yeah. men generally yeah, yeah yeah and they are given like the archetypal good-natured hero with good qualities that they can emulate they always have some sort of um curse nindo mantra whatever you want to call it that they repeat often that gets them through dire situations 
you don't really know how strong they are. They're just always strong enough. They make a lot of friends throughout the course of the show, but you get the sense that they are more or less shunned by the people around them in town for another reason, for for one reason or another. Like they're just, yeah. they're, it's kind of like these are stories of like teenage isolation and ultimately friendship through violent physical combat. <laughs> um which I mean, like the latest episode, for instance, like there's this is this is like really illustrative of like why the show is good. So main character Yuji Itadori is facing off against uh Toto, this giant like eight foot tall, honestly, truthfully, the most like the most black character in the show. And I feel it's sort of, you, there's, there's kind of like some feelings that I need to unpack around the way that like, you know, the, the, the genre of anime in general moves around blackness. But anyway, the Toto character is like, you know, the strongest one, but he's like a total nut, like a goofball. And before he starts fighting anybody at any time, he goes, one question, what type of women do you prefer? <laughs> And it's just like, based upon that, the answer to that question, he makes snap judgments about the kind of person you are, whether or not you're boring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this really funny sequence where in the most recent episode, Yuji goes, I guess if I had to say what my type was, it would be uh, tall women with big butts. And Toto starts to cry. <laughs> he's just like, and he's just kind of like, Wow, and he starts having this flashback of like this really like anime flashback of like him and Yuji like just you know doing normal shit together at school, and he's just kind of like nobody ever beat us in our hometown, right? Like we were always like, I, you're definitely my best friend, and they this is the first time that they're meeting, <laughs> and then what ensues is like this really crazy mocap like fight scene that is like really enjoyable to watch but i mean like the show is just so much fun damn that sounds tight that right? sounds tight see you're like much i i i'm on the outs with shonen i'll tell you what like i've i've in terms of watching shonen i can give you one anecdote because years ago i worked at complex magazine and me mm-hmm. and my my former colleague greg babcock uh greg Super into DBZ growing up, for instance, right? And I, I, we did this article together that was sort of like a back and forth between the two of us. And the whole premise of the article is like, Greg, Dragon Ball Z, I don't get it. Like, come on. Like, explain <laughs> this. It's sort of, I mean, it's kind of like prototypical of this podcast, right? Uh, yeah. Me, where it was just like, Greg, this show, I've never understood the appeal of this show. Explain it to me. And, you know, Greg sort of conceded the, like, pacing issues of Dragon Ball Z and the sort of, like, it's it's a show with flaws. It's, like, a hugely popular international enduring global phenomenon. And yet is also, I think, to a fault, a kind of childish show, right? It's, like, an exuberantly childish, boyish show with a pretty limited, like, range, I guess is what I'd say about Dragon Ball Z. And it was sort of the high point of my time at Complex. I remember we tweeted this article out. 
and and no no less than Big Sean. It's like this is the worst article I've ever read in my entire life. I forgot you beef with Big Sean. That's, I had that's a beef with funny. Big Sean over that's Dragon Ball funny. Z. Like, okay, okay, okay. So 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 your issue with the your issues with uh, like Shonen being like sort of like limited and having limited range. True. Yeah. Like Jujutsu Kaisen like has a very straightforward morality but it's more yeah. nuanced than you would than you would expect yeah is what yeah. is like is something that i i would have to say for the show and also like but the thing that like sold me on the show was not the main character because i mean like you know he's great he has pink hair he wears red shoes he's he does like crazy like you know brazilian capoeira taekwondo martial arts that are cool to look at it's tight he can punch through cement but like I was fascinated by the character that everybody's fascinated by is like his Gojo as teacher, who is like the self-proclaimed strongest sorcerer in which I mean like sorcerers is something that Jujutsu Kaisen has if you haven't watched it. But the sorcerers are like, you know, ninjas are whatever the class or job of the people in Dragon Ball Z are, you know, like that fend off world leveling threats that's mm -hmm. you know the the people that are introduced to guys and anyway gojo's the strongest one and he's the strongest one but like in a low in the lowest ranking position which is like a teacher and they kind of like <laughs> they kind of make a lot of they kind of like poke a lot of fun at like the hierarchy of the world mm -hmm. um like basically he's at odds with the higher ups quote unquote he could just, you know, because he is so frustrated and burnt out and like tired of doing the job because he's too good at it and has too much time to think about how the job sucks. He is just kind of always lamenting like, you know, maybe I should just kill all the higher ups and change the whole thing, you know, like on my own. But he's just kind of like, well, actually, no, that wouldn't work. That's why I'm teaching, you know. And the adult characters in the show are like, so informed by like things that feel personal <laughs> mm -hmm. um to the guy like Gege Akutami. God, that took me forever to say. Uh who, you know, wrote the wrote and created the original comic. It just feels like things that he's heard, like just working in the world of comics or like things that he's felt, which is why it works so well. Like because it feels so personal and specific. I feel you. I will say this. The way you wrote about Jujutsu Kaisen made me think I could I could definitely maybe definitely get into this, right? Um, wow, that's a glowing but, review for no, you. No, no, but I seriously, like that. thank yeah, you mean, for me from me. From me, that is a glowing review. There's another show that you brought up to me before we started recording that Oh you, <laughs> Right. That you want to talk about Warrior? <laughs> Well, of course no, I that's not what I'm, talk, I'm talking about Attack on Titan. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, I've also been watching this. I finally got around to starting on the second season of Warrior. It's just as bomb as the first. Uh, you know, fun kung fu smut. If you're looking for that sort of thing. Yeah, explain what you mean by kung fu smut. Because that... that so it's just like it's got yeah. this sort of like 70s, you know, uh, like exploitation vibe about it which okay. you know is not exactly i say that for lack of a better word because there 
the first black person to appear in the show happens in this season. So, um, but like, it's just kind of like the vibe of those old Bruce Lee movies where there's like angled tight shots and like a lot of one liners delivered with strange timing, but it works because yeah, it makes yeah. you feel nostalgic for like Fist of Fury or, or, or like Enter the Dragon, which I also watched before watching the second season of Warrior. So I was all the way amped up to watch the second season of Warrior. But yes, before we got on the mic, I was talking about the most recent, which is the final season of Attack on Titan. And fuck you, man. It's been like so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it's produced by the same studio that produces uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. They switch studios for the final season. There's a lot of like changes to the animation. There's like subtle changes to the animation that are and some unsubtle changes to the animation. Well, hold on, but would you say are they changes for the better, would you say? Because you know my hang up with even okay, trying to get so, into the show. Okay, so like the, the thing animation. is is that it took me a second to get in to the action of it because I I like I hate it when like suddenly there's 3D modeling. Like Oh, and, okay, okay. It, which is not something that they were doing in the first three seasons. It was all hand drawn. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, once you get over being slightly disappointed by it, like it is, it builds suspense all the same. Like, you know, you just, once you get over being a little petulant child about the fact that there are 3d, there's 3d stuff intruding on your beautiful 2d world, you know, whatever there's a there's also changes to the animation suddenly like when like when the characters are walking from point a to point b it's like obviously mo-capped like in the you remember the 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 intro to the cowboy bebop movie like that didn't need to be as good as it was yes 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 it's more or less like that all the all the 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 scenes where you know the characters are having a conversation as they walk across the cobblestone from one military encampment to another like it's obviously mocapped which seems expensive but it's just kind of like then why is the 3D stuff in the action i don't like that wait can i can i okay so now that you bring this up cuz it's the thing i don't think about that much except in the context of one particular series which is the rebuild of evangelion movies which again, mm-hmm. we will have to talk about that at some point. The final of those movies is coming out um, in the next few months. It'll take a while to get over to the U.S. from Japan into English. But I remember when I watched the third of the rebuild movies. The third movie in that series is where they really diverge from the original Evangelion series. And I think apart from the narrative divergences in in Rebuild Three in uh, Ava Three Point Three Three. That is a movie that really out of nowhere is just there 3D models all over the place. And then you watch the trailer for the final movie, Evangelion 3 plus 1, I guess is how they're calling it, instead of calling it Evangelion 4. Uh-huh. And that trailer just, it's, it is 3D models out the ass. And I, I watch it, and I remember the first time I watched uh, Rebuild 3, I thought, this is impressive but also alienating like stylistically i was just like my eyes are bleeding as i watch this i can tell it's like well executed you know the thing is that you i felt a similar thing like what when i went to see pro mayor in theaters Uh which is like also 
like recently. I don't know if it was recently, but like I saw it this past week on HBO Max, which has everything. <laughs> um, it's also something that looks like very visually accomplished. Like yeah. the, like the, the it is like a feast of color, and like the way that everything moves around is like dazzling. But it is so jarring yeah, <laughs> when you like yeah. want it to be like something like it's it is it is very alienating alienating is a good word for it but i'd say um, up at first right because I'm, I'm not even saying this is eventually a, you a knock, get into the right? vibe yeah, like i mean yeah, like yeah, if it, it you settle you settle into it eventually it's just kind of like that's like what made me go back and find the original uh the original berserk anime from like the 90s because mm-hmm. like the 3d version that's on netflix is just like blah, I, <laughs> I couldn't deal with it yeah <laughs> Yeah, but that transition happened with people who were, you know, if you were watching anime like the first half of the 2000s, right? Like you had changes in, you know, like that transition from hand-drawn to digipaint to modern anime technique, like that was jarring. You would, there was stuff I remember from the early to mid 2000s where you would look at it, you'd watch, you'd watch like Psychopaths or something or, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, something about this is not, it's uncanny. Yeah, something about it is uncanny, but then like, like with anything, it's just kind of like the thing that it's, then you remember that the thing about anime is that you're stepping into a different world anyway. Like, and then you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of like relax into it. And then you watch all of the available seasons of Kang and Ashura. And <laughs> like, uh, which is also like another, like it's on a show on Netflix that's completely 3D, like with a uh, minor edge. Did you ever watch Dodo Idoro? I, I haven't watched the show. I've read the first couple volumes of the manga. Hmm. But you did say, you know, since you are so persnickety about your about the the, the art style that you struggled to get into it. But we'll talk about that in the next segment because we're going to talk about stuff that we're reading. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. 
That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Calling all podcast fans. Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new shows to love. Get personalized episode recommendations and easily preview them before you dive right in. Find exclusive video episodes from your favorite hosts and guests. And with some, you can even connect with them through polls and Q&A directly within their episodes. It's everything you want in one app. So what are you waiting for? Try the podcast experience today on Spotify. Uh, I, I read the first couple of volumes of Doro Hidoro and I respect that manga greatly. I, it, the art style is too much for me. It's the art style is too chaotic. So I haven't really, I haven't really gelled with it. Unfortunately, chaotic. How? I mean, because okay, this I, I could imagine that the that the manga itself would be chaotic because the framing, the show is like, I could not explain it to you. Like, it's yeah. just, it is actually indescribable. But it is if you just kind of like surrender to it, it's a really kind of just zips by but there was only one season of it so i was thinking about getting into the manga because that's what happened with jujutsu kaisen is that i kind of outpaced and i was just like well let me read every available volume but yeah it's definitely a manga i like knowing you i can recommend it to you i i just feel a bit fussy right in that i like course but dorohidoro is too coarse like every panel of that manga is it's just very coarse and jagged in a way that I, I, yeah, my eyes don't, don't track it well. You know what I mean? If I was to use a word to describe Dora Dora, I'd say that it's busy. Like yeah, there's busy. a lot going on. It's coarse and it's busy. And I like coarse. I just don't like that coarse. Uh, coarse for me. So I'm reading Marcellago, uh, which is pretty coarse, but also pretty. That's smooth. how it's pronounced? I mean, yeah, the, it's just the we you would say Murcielago, you would like car, <laughs> like we talk, like we Rick Ross. The I Murcielago. Mean, being that my only understanding yes, of yes, that yes. word is informed by rap music, rap music yes, yeah, that totally. is that is what I've been saying to people as yeah. I was talking to them about it. Actually, recommended this manga to me. Uh, well, I'll be the I'll be the snob, even though I pronounce everything else wrong. I listen. I, I have a history on Ringer podcast of not pronouncing anything correctly. Uh, Robert Mueller. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, who else? Like, who else? Um, wait, I actually have other examples in my head. Joe Biden's. <laughs> no, Joe Biden's. <laughs> Bill de Blasio, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but Marcello, um, is. Kind of leg is rice. Kind of leg is rice. Oh, man. Uh, Ishimurakana's Mega Marcellago, which is about a uh, the best way I can describe Kuroko, who's the, the protagonist of this this series, is she is a spooky lesbian. Like that's all. I, that's it. She's a, a spooky, spooky lesbian. lesbian that was so obviously conceived <laughs> of by a man. <laughs> and <just> like, <laughs> spooky like, lesbian, reformed, like reformed murderer who is recruited by the Japanese state to hunt down serial killers. Um, so she's, she's a sexy assassin and she's deranged and everyone in this, 
in this series is deranged and I'm just getting into it, but it's, that's an example of a manga that's like right up my alley in that it's, it is busy and it is coarse and it is gory, but it's also got, it's got a lot of smoothness to it too. Like it goes down smooth um, in a way that something like Dorohidoro does not go down smooth. That thing goes down jagged. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, yeah. the thing is, is that there's so many A, B, C, and D plots going on in there that there's not actual time for the things that you come to to a story for, which is ultimately some human connection somewhere at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, I mean, like at least Marcelligo, like hints at that <laughs> occasionally. Like in the first couple of like chapters and Black Lagoon, which I've been like reading again. Same, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's because uh, the the way that the the anime resolved itself was like kind of like abrupt and confusing to me. So I would like, and, and that's honestly how like I end up coming to manga often is that just just kind of like I don't understand what's going on here. I need to go back. To like the you source. mean in the anime? Yeah, it's like in the anime. Yeah. The animes always do that, though, right? They they do have this sense of, you know, even though anime series can be tight compared to like American TV, right? Because you have and very explanatory, like yeah. uh, expository, really. Like, it, but then it's just kind of like sometimes you're reading the subtitles and then you're not paying attention to like the way that the characters are interacting yep. with yep. each other, and That's it's like it. you miss things. Yeah. Um, I also just think the Black Lagoon, because I'm also reading Black... I, I would say Marcello and Black Lagoon are very good. That's a very good pair of things to read in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they. I mean, it, they both have... I don't know if they ever... Like, if there was ever an actual anime produced for, for Murcielago, which is what I'm going to... I'm no longer going to keep doing the trite <laughs> pronunciation of it. Like, it seems like it would be produced by the same company that produced black lagoon they have a similar like yeah, sensibility yeah. about them yeah um although the other thing that people compare to black lagoon that you i think you were reading was german gone right or you were at least watching german gone i was I watching remember. i was watching german gone you said that you kind of like had gotten into the to the to the manga a little bit but. yeah i i like it i haven't picked up the second volume yet that one uh hmm. It feels low key to me. And I think I need to be in a more low key mood compared to me reading Black Lagoon and Marcelago at once, which that's that's high key. And I think I just need to swing back to spring or something when I'm in a more low key mood to go to <laughs> German Gone. Cause it's like that feels for some reason that reminds me a lot of it, it has a Kojima vibe to it. It feels very metal. It Gear absolutely solid. does yeah. like have uh like a, a a Kojima vibe to it. Um, but it's also like again, like I feel like if you watch the like if you watch the anime, mm -hmm. it's like kind of like of a piece with the other two things that we were talking about. Um, except for the fact that it's just it starts off in a more somber tone because it's just like directly talking about child rebel soldiers like we're not like talking about one that like grew up and like has buried all of their trauma under like a bunch of weird quirks and like cussing like it's just a child soldier right right you, in the company right. of mercenaries yeah 
Uh, it's definitely interesting, um, but it's it's low priority for me at the moment. Um, and then what else? I know I feel behind on, you know, I feel like everybody who actually reads graphic novels or manga is like this, where you're just, it's oh, a life you're where you're all, behind you on 25 series. Yeah, you are always it, behind. It's, it's like, great. the thing is, you will never, it's, <laughs> you can't actually catch up. Like it's, it, it's, it would be akin to printing the internet and reading it. Like by the time you did it, it was like you, new stuff is out. And it's also that it's arguably the more responsible way to approach manga anyway. Because like, I'm also currently reading Naoki Urasawa's Pluto. I, I just started. And where did I, you get that from? Because I was looking for it everywhere. Oh, really? Like, I, I find Pluto has been relatively easy to find volumes of, at least on Amazon. I remember, I mean, Black Lagoon is the thing I'm having trouble tracking down volumes for, right? But, or certain volumes of. But Pluto, here's the thing. The last, the last Urasawa series I read was 20th Century Boys. And that was a series that, because I read it online... I didn't have I didn't have trouble keeping up with that series because I I think I went on a forty eight hour bender where I I read the entire run of twentieth century boys on no sleep. I know that vibe. I know that vibe because it's just like I've you know what I have settled into a story that I am. I don't know if I like it, but I feel intensely about it and I want to see how it ends. And there's a lot of this left and I don't really have anything else to do. So yeah. I'm going to read Urasawa, all yeah. of Hickman's infinity and like, you know, <laughs> just see what happens after that. But that's how I get with Urasawa in particular, because that's basically how I, 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 I read Monster too, that manga series. And at least in that case, I had the advantage of having already watched the anime adaptation of Monster. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess I'd much rather take three years to read Pluto than read it all in 48 hours and then have my editor yell at me for, you know what I mean, for being unproductive. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else? Like, I guess, we, I mean, are there actual books that I'm reading right now? I don't even know. I've, like, read so many programming textbooks and I mean, manga volumes in the there's past There's, like, the thing that is difficult about real books right now... <laughs> is that like it's actually difficult like it's it's i none of them have succeeded in holding my attention for like longer than 50 pages <laughs> and yet i'm able to like do whole volumes plural in a sitting of manga right now yeah like it's, yeah it's just uh it's not for lack of trying either. I will say that. And I can't tell how much it's of it is. It's just in- that none of the books are sticking. <laughs> yeah. But is it a pandemic thing? Is it an age thing? I don't even know what to attribute it to. Because I otherwise, you know, like last, I would say not last year, but 2019, I read a solid 25 nonfiction books in 2019. And then I got to 2020. And yeah, the only thing I can read is a manga series about a spooky lesbian killing serial killers. Right. I don't know what happened there. Nah, you know, I don't know. It's probably having to do with the fact that I'm like consuming articles at a much more alarming rate than I ever have at any <laughs> other point in my life. That's yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, you're getting your intake somewhere. Um, Michael, my question for you, right, is as much as I, you know, I rag on something like Dragon Ball Z, the anime, right, or the, you know, all the Dragon Ball stuff. 
or it's easy for me to be like, ah, Naruto, that's not my thing, right? I can't tell whether I would respect Shonen more or whether I would enjoy it more if my primary context for it were, were manga instead of anime, right? Like, would I like some of this stuff more if I tried reading it as opposed to watching it? I'm sure you would because just because reading it, it means investing it in it a little more. Like, you have, like, the moment of anticipation about when some sort of battle is going to arrive or what's going to happen in it. How are they going to illustrate it? Like, I think that I, because I mean, like, I'm not going to say that it isn't like lowbrow, like you've described it before. Um, like it is what it is, but if you're meeting it on its own terms, like I can't manufacture a personal connection to it for you. Cause like, yeah, for yeah. me, it's like, I like, if I like Dragon Ball, you are either like in it or you like, and you are fully in it and having fist fights about holographic piccolo cards at school or you weren't <laughs> like, I, I mean, yeah, like, it was, I, yeah, like I went to, like, I went to like my, one of my best friends in like grade school, his name was Kenta. His family would like make him go, like he, he would go back to Japan to go to summer school every year. Like it was like grammar school in the summer in Japan. And I, and every time he left, I'd be like, yo, can you bring me back? Like, <laughs> and then I couldn't read any of it, but I wanted to see the you pages of Kenta like. You into a mule? You had this. <sighs> it was like, but he was like, he was like, man. he was into it as much as I was. He was just okay. like, well, yeah, I'm going to the comic book store anyway. Like, yeah, I'll pick you up. So I'm not like you can actually read any of it. We played soccer together. I was like, I don't care. I just want to see the pictures. I want to see uh, Goku killing Raditz with a Kamehameha in print. You know, I can't describe why it just was like, I wanted as much as the, of, of the thing that I loved as possible. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I can't just like, I can't look at Dragon Ball Z with a critical eye. Like it's like, and I feel like the shonen that is being produced now like well and i mean like with jujutsu kaisen in particular and i mean like i don't know like i started watching re-zero because it was the second top polled anime of 2020 on the my anime list thing that all the comic book websites regurgitate and i started watching it and it's just kind of like it also has a sort of like feeling of like algorithmic nature to it where it's like it maybe this is like it has sort of like an attention to like what the critical eye might be either that or the people that are making it love movies as much as you do like it's i think that you just kind of like have to appraise it as a tv show rather than like as a shonen anime yeah. Like, yeah. what are the things that, like, does it create, does it build suspense? Does it surprise you? Does it make you laugh? And if it does all those things, then the mechanics of it are, you know, kind of moot, like, whether or not it is, um, so to cheesy, so to speak, or like whether the morality is a little limited. Like, it, cause I mean, well, like, cause Noragami, for instance, like, the like it's basically puritanical like <laughs> but 
like the smaller moments where the characters are just kind of sitting around talking are enjoyable. Like it makes you feel warm and safe. So you keep watching the show. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And don't listen. Don't think this is about something being lowbrow. Marcello is also like you know what like Arasawa's highbrow. If I had actually just reached back in the conversation fifteen minutes, I would have been yeah. like, and I, you know what, you were yeah. just talking about this comic about the boom. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, exactly. Yeah, Arasawa's middle brow, I should say. But yeah, I love lowbrow. I you know part of me does need to get over myself. Half the mission of this podcast is about me learning to get over myself. Uh, but yeah, you know. I, I feel where you're coming. I feel where you're coming from, though. Um, let's talk about video games. All right. So maybe we kind of have been having parallel experiences with video games where we've kind of tried to play something new and ended up going into a little bit of comfort gaming. Not necessarily that the new thing was... Well, actually, you know what? I don't. I can't speak for you. The new thing for me wasn't necessarily bad. <laughs> it just was. It just was a little more frustrating than I was willing to, you know, deal with at the time. So, this past week, again, this past weekend, this past Friday, Hitman Three came out. Um, and the thing is, is that it is a very like it's a very pretty game, and the level design is amazing, and it is fun to play once you surrender to what it is that you're doing which is the same as in the previous games uh killing dudes in like random people for random people and for unclear reasons and really creative ways <laughs> um and like, I mean, like there's, there's this one level in it where you basically, you know, pose as a private investigator and go into like this sort of clue like mansion and like engage in this sort of knives out sort of script where you have to kill somebody <laughs> that it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But I mean, the thing with Hitman is that it is very like, like the greatest thrill you can get is like, you know, getting the the plus couple hundred points of experience thing shooting up on the Chiron after you've left the building because the target has drank the poison and you have already achieved egress. And but to get there takes a lot of like listening and walking and changing disguises and stashing bodies. And sometimes you're just not in the mood for that. <laughs> See, that's a, Hitman, I have not played a single Hitman game despite the fact that that like the gameplay loop of Hitman sounds like my thing. It sounds like it would be incredibly gratifying to me. And yet it's just one of those titles where it's never it never gets to the top of the queue for me to try. Uh and that's unfortunate. I do want to give it a shot. I think that you in particular would like it because I mean like things like hiding behind uh like hiding behind stacks of boxes as one guard changes shifts with another one of them is an enforcer and the other one doesn't know what you look like and the music is building it's like it's it's very like the the, the dumb things that feel intense 
are like what make Hitman worthwhile. And like it's so reliant on like it's another thing, it's another game that's reliant on video game bullshit. If you can kill a person with a chandelier, I assume that you will enjoy the game. <laughs> For sure. Wait, so you got but you got frustrated with it. Though. Right, 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 right. Uh I got frustrated with it and I put it down. Same thing that happened when I was playing Jedi Fallen Order, because I didn't read anything about it before I bought it. Cause I was just kind of be like, I'm going to do it like in the old, like, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, I've started playing and I was just like, this is a fucking souls. Like this shit sucks. And then the platforming was also like, so undercooked and like I was dying for randomly sliding off of lily pads and then getting into bogs where I'd have to fight labor, uh, lightsaber resistant, uh, fauna, which made no sense to me. That's like, this is bullshit. I'm a fucking magician with a with a laser sword. I should be able to kill anything. So I was just like, you know what? I'm trading this in. And, and I went to GameStop and I traded it in and I bought Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. But I hadn't picked it up um, like really since I played it for a while. It was fun and I put it down. And then I picked it up again after I, you know, was frustrated with trying to get the the cap off you know with hitman that's basically what it is it's like trying to open a pickle jar and like succeeding in hitman is like getting the pickle jar off and you're just kind of like i am man i'm the strongest (laughs) 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 but you know it wasn't doing so i started playing dragon ball z kakarot which is so mindless And enjoyable because there are, you know, skill trees and all sorts of menus and items that you you could keep track of and whatever. But really, you only need to know three or four buttons Mm -hmm. and press them in quick succession, sweatily and be active during fights. Like it's a button mashy game that's very simple to get through and... Once you finish a fight, you've been watching Dragon Ball Z, you know? There's a lot of... I think there's, like, recent DLC content where you can uh, play as the new... uh, Whatever the the new colors of hair that the the Saiyans have or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, Super Saiyan Instinct, I think, is one of them. Maybe... And then there's, like, Super Saiyan God, which I think is blue hair. Um... I don't know, man. I haven't gotten that far on the story. I'm in the middle of like this, the the first Saiyan arc. But yeah, I mean, like it's dumb and it's fun and it's an extremely seven and a half out of it's an extremely seven <laughs> out of ten game. Uh-huh. But like it's very fun to play, you know. I mean, your okay, so your your games were Hitman three and Jedi Fallen Order that you sort of started with. Mine was, you know, frankly, I I kept playing Cyberpunk. Even after the two times we talked about it, I kept, I even uninstalled it at one point and then reinstalled it. <laughs> and <laughs> I keep, you know, I kept going through missions, through side missions in Cyberpunk. I keep finding stuff to like in Cyberpunk. It still feels like a very hollow game to me in a lot of ways. I know they're still patching it. I, I get it. I feel like they'd have to add stuff rather than just fix stuff to me for me to get into a place where I feel like there's a there there like there's a real full there there with cyberpunk 
And after a point, instead of giving Cyberpunk more chances, I decided to go back and finally play Persona 4 Golden. Um, <laughs> you know, I get, we get a lot of emails where people <laughs> ask me about Persona for the fact that I had only played one Persona game. I'd played Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. This is, we're years away from this, but, it, you know, back, like, back during, you know, achievement-oriented pod, back, back you know, during the Ben Lindbergh, Jason Concepcion potting days about video games when I would go on a lot with them, you know, my whole, my whole shtick at The Ringer, right, was as a guy who got a PlayStation 4 super late, like, I, I got a PlayStation 4 probably around, like, late 2016 and otherwise hadn't played video games since the original release of resident evil four. Right. So like I hadn't played video games in more than a, than a cool decade. Um, so it's not like I'm some huge persona fanboy, or, and I hadn't played the Shin Megami Tensei games, but I just, I remember persona five came out and I was obsessed with that game. It's a hundred hour long Japanese role playing game with the beautiful, beautiful Shoji Maguro soundtrack. And only now have I gotten around to playing another Persona game, like just one other Persona game. And I After you gave me no rest about playing <laughs> Persona 5. I still yes. haven't done that, by the way. I am like the internal rear fanboy about Persona 5. I finally played Persona 4 Golden. Um, I, I have <laughs> I've become the worst version of myself playing this game. I like it a lot. I don't like it as much as Persona 5. Um, I think Persona 5 has way better sort of mechanics, I guess is how I'd put it. I think a lot of the battles, because in Persona, you know, in Persona games, you're, you know, there's just a lot of, there's battles, you know what I mean? Turn-based battle system, demons, shadows, monsters, you know, the human subconsciousness. <laughs> and <laughs> that's where, you know, the, 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 the human mind is really the theater of all battle when you think about it. <laughs> Um, a Persona Four Golden is is gratifying. It's like I its story is a little annoying to me. Like in that game, you you're you know you are a team of high school students uh, who are investigating a series of murders and kidnappings in a small town. Uh, and I like that premise a lot, but I think the characters in Persona 4 compared to Persona 5 are a little too goofy, and it feels like, I don't know, Persona 4, the reason why these particular kids are the ones who've decided to to solve the murder mystery is never really that clear. Whereas in, in Persona, I, I don't know, in Persona... Persona These 5, are just think, the only 16-year-olds they yeah, had available. It does. <laughs> it feels a little bit too much like... They don't really do a good job of 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 setting up the idea that these kids need to be the ones to do this, which is something that Persona Five really, really goes out of its way to hammer home. Like, no, these are why these kids are stuck with this responsibility and all that stuff. I don't know. The character drama feels a little goofier in Persona Four, and yet is an extremely gratifying game because I think it's I think the way that fights, especially boss fights in Persona Four, are designed. I think those fights are a lot more intelligent and challenging in Persona 4 than they are in Persona 5. And in fact, you and I were talking about this, that you are not a fan of turn-based. I am turn -based. not a fan of turn-based anything, just because it is... 
Well, what I what I described it as is counterintuitive, which the, you then made me unpack, and I then went on to say that uh, move like combat is like kinetic and kind of re reactive, and like it makes me like I don't like to have to think in that way when I'm like when I'm doing when I'm playing a game where I'm ostensibly fighting a person. It's just kind of like it doesn't seem to it doesn't gel to me like mental like I can't make it makes I can't make it agree. <laughs> One thing I really like the Final Fantasy VII remake because obviously Final Fantasy VII the original game for instance that is a turn based ass game, and I really like how the Final Fantasy VII remake kind of ate its cake and had it too. Of that's a game in which fighting that remake fighting feels very kinetic and yet there are still turns low key in what otherwise looks like live action bullet time combat. I think that's maybe the closest to a comp. That feels like a Final Fantasy VII remake feels like a merger of your personality and my personality in terms of (laughs) the sensibilities you're describing. Right. I mean, like, I guess, I guess a better way of putting it is, is that like, honestly, all uh, combat is sort of turn-based because you know what the combinations are. You know exactly how like the heavies move around. You know what the bosses... You spend a lot of time dying in boss fights, learning the combinations and how you can get around them. Like, But there's something that needs to feel sort of like extemporaneous about yeah, like yeah. the way that you're moving through a fight and turn-based combat for me slows it down too much to where like everything you, you're stepping but like am i supposed to do with the left foot or the right foot you know i have to think too much on the fly yeah i think the worst i think the worst rpgs they have like a, they'll have a turn-based system but it won't be thoughtful enough if anything so it feels like the worst of both worlds it feels like on the one hand you have a system that's not kinetic but on the other hand you have a system in which you are kind of just button mashing anyway I think Final Fantasy, as much as I love those games, I think turn-based Final Fantasy games do have this sense in which eh, you have elements, you can use fire or wind or whatever, but eh, you could just hit X and, you know, as long as your health pool is high enough, you'll win the fight. You don't have to think that hard about it. Persona slows stuff down even more than a Final Fantasy game would, but it's in service of saying, yo, you really have to think about the weaknesses and strength of all the characters that are in play right now. I, I wouldn't say the Persona games are super difficult of the ones I've played so far, but there is a sense of if you if you're not thoughtful enough, you can watch you can watch a fight slip away from you in a way that is not really how a Final Fantasy game works, right? Like you can be like, oh shit, I used this wrong spell in this moment, and that's the moment I lost this fight. Because <laughs> then the enemy fucked up all my weaknesses and I lost the wrong turn from the wrong character who could have done this, but instead did that. And that's where I fucked up. That's what's good about Persona games. That you in Persona Persona games make you realize where you fucked up. Yeah. Well, Persona games have like the waterfall effect that you can feel or whatever. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not gonna play it, but that sounds interesting. It's uh <laughs> Well, I will try I will try Hitman 3. I will try it. Um for once, I will take a recommendation from you. That's not true, because German Gun, I, I read on your recommendation. Black Lagoon, I watched. Didn't I watch that on your recommendation? Or did I'm I- pretty sure you watched it and then and then started reading the comics. Yeah. Yes, there we go. 
I take recommendations from you all the time. Whatever. I think that's all for our recs this week. Or not even recs. It's just what we're doing. You don't have to read or watch any of this. But by all means. Um, I, I mean, like, your life would certainly be enriched if you did, though. You know? Yeah. Email us with your questions, listeners, uh, or comments, frankly, about anything we talked about in this episode, especially Persona. Especially Persona 4 Golden. I haven't even finished it exactly. I have... Okay, report. I have identified <laughs> and defeated the the real the real culprit. Uh, but I still apparently have a couple more post end game end game stuff to do in Persona Four Golden. So, you know, email me. I'm still on the edge of my seat with Persona Four. Um, Micah, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, how would be about Hitman Three? Um... And also Dragon Ball Z. You know what? Just if you want to talk about the paroxysm of force and like what like Jujutsu Kaisen is maybe eventually going to do with Gojo, like as a character, I'd love to talk about that. You know, maybe if you want to talk about Hitman 3, obviously, as I've said, we could talk about that. Um, You know, just email us, man. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. We'll holler at y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.